Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into Old School with DP and Jay Foreman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Old School is brought to you by Sandhills Global with hundreds of job opportunities available and the global headquarters here in Lincoln. Head to sandhills.jobs today and apply. There's a job for everybody. Hundreds of job opportunities, global headquarters, Right here in Lincoln, Sand Hills Global, Sandhills.jobs. Shout out to our video stream sponsor, Starter Heyman Jewelers, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter for being able to see our faces. I'm not even going to throw any other words in there, just our faces. And uh, for sponsoring the text line, the Starter Heyman text line, and the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402 464 5685. Join in on our conversations today. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I want to know what it's like to be Jay Foreman. Why is that? You know what the best? No, you know what the best part of last night was seeing Jay Foreman and Vershawn Jackson with some of their former teammates. Yeah, yeah. Watching, first of all, not not everybody changes the room when they walk in. Jay Foreman changed the room when he walked in. A little bit. Like I kind of I kind of dug that, and and to watch. Them smash each other <laughs> yep. to watch the former Huskers. There's nothing like what getting in a room with several former Huskers and just watch, get out in the what get out of the way and just watch them get after each other. Just listen to the friendly trash talk. It was great. It yeah, was a little big, head, good. big head Tim Carpenter, <laughs> right? It's funny because I mean you weren't wrong. He stepped in front of you, it, and the I'm sun. Telling, I'm just... telling you, his head is so big it's like an eclipse, man. He, he'll make the whole. He made the whole place like a whole shade went down when he came over. But no, he's a, he's a good friend, and uh, we always enjoy seeing each other. We don't see each other enough, so whenever you can run into each other and uh, you know talk a little bit, you know nothing's changed ever since. We'll be doing that till the day we kick you know kick the bucket. What what was? I have to give credit. Scott Frost gave one of the best told one of the best stories with him talking about Carpenter. He goes, he started for three years. How many catches did he have? How many catches did he have? He started at tight end for three years. He yeah, was, he had two. Right? He had two catches and both against the same team. Both against Pacific, one one year, one the other year, and then they shut down their football program. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know what? If Tim Carpenter catches a pass on us, we're done. You know, yeah. you know. But you know what, Tim was, uh, he, he, you know, he was a, or is, or you know, was a great athlete. His son's a great athlete at Southwest. Uh, even though I'd like to say the mom is probably the better athlete, but uh, Tim was a great athlete. You know, battled through some injuries, but uh, you talking about a tight end that blocking at the point of attack and sacrificing for a team? There is probably not a better blocking tight end uh, at Nebraska, uh, or if not, he's one of the best that that's came across. You know, to play at Nebraska, and that's how you win championships. You got a guy that uh, 
you know, switched positions, got the tight end, learned how to play tight end, embraced it, bigger, faster, stronger, sacrificed for the team, and enjoyed going out there and getting physical and, and pounding people into the ground. And he had just as big of a influence on the success of the offense of Amon Green and Scott Frost the year that we won the championship than as anybody else. And and that's how you win, you know, that's how you build a championship culture. That's how you have a championship type of team. And that's why Tim always has, you know, as much respect, you know, amongst, you know, teammates and former players as anybody. Because, you know, that, uh, you know, he laid it on the line and made a sacrifice for the betterment of the team. So it's, uh, yeah, the two catches are one thing. But at the end of the day, you know, his pancake uh, numbers were, were legendary, what he was doing. I mean, he literally enjoyed putting people into the ground. He didn't, wasn't a big cut black guy uh, or cut block guy. Um He's a base block, get at, get after you and drive you into the ground. So, you know, really, really strong, uh, physical, quick, and athletic. And so he was a, he was a handful out there as tight end. It, it was fun because, first of all, he and Rashawn sitting next to each other, just giving each other grief, right? The whole time. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, who's the starting tight end? And they both raised their hand. And it's like, who's the better tight end? And they both raised their hand. Um, it, it was cool last night. I, I – Rico and I at one point looked at each other and kind of like, okay, we're 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 drinking this Kool Aid, right? Like we we tried to be. I was sitting there skeptics, but yeah, yeah, I was sitting there and I was just like, don't 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 do this to me. But they did. Don't what? Just Kool Aid? Just yeah, just listening to the listen to the players talk and the coaches talk. I was like, dang it, they're gonna make they're gonna make me do what I do every year, and I told myself I wouldn't do this year, and I'm gonna feel real good going into the start of the season. Well, you should. I mean, they should. I mean, it, it, you know, if the players were up there, you know, whenever they got up there and talked and not excited and not thinking that they can win, that's what you really need to be alarmed. I don't think they were saying like anything that was like too far fetched. I think they should be supremely confident because of the work they put in um, and, you know, what they've, you know, built and what they, you know, the task at hand, you know, if they have taken the mindset to embrace it, um, which it seems like they, they have, then they should be, you know, confident. I think that, uh, you know, if you just recognize some of, you know, your warts from last year, uh, but know you can heal those warts and burn them off and, and it's all your own doing. And then you just work hard. You're, you should maybe feel more confident that you have, you've added pieces that, you know, addition by subtraction, whether losing guys to the draft or transfer report or whatever, but the guy that you've gained in is going to help your team moving forward. Um, you should be confident. Now you shouldn't be, you know, like if they were up there arrogant, then that'd be something to really be. You'd be like, dude, you were three and nine last mm-hmm. year, and you're talking about you're going to go undefeated. But you know, their their approach seems like that. You know, they're going to try to take uh, one day at a time and put their best foot forward. And everybody's focused on football and focused on helping each other get better. And they understand. I think they truly understand. The better the team is, everybody will flourish individually, and then everything after that will kind of take care of itself. Yeah, it felt it. It felt. I I I kind of wanted to look at it from like, okay, if these are my players, right, right. and or, or or these are my teammates, what are they talking about? And the fact that they were talking about each other in such glowing terms doesn't always happen. Like it. I, yeah, I, they put in the work and yeah. um, big personalities. You know, you got Oshan came in. It was a huge. You know, one of the bigger gets out of the portal. And Trey Palmer came with uh, Coach Joseph, and you know uh, I didn't hear the players talk 
But you know, you know, Mickey Joseph, <laughs> Mickey Joseph is uh, said he, you know, he's known, you know, Trey Palmer, you know, since he's been like fourteen, fifteen years old. That's a long relationship to have, and somebody that you know that lets you know that a player to leave Louisiana, and I'm sure he had other places he could go mm-hmm. to come with him to Nebraska. That he trusts him immensely, and what he's done for him as a young adult from fifteen. So that means his word has been in cement and clear and trustworthy. That, that, see, I'm not even looking about the catches. I'm looking at Trey Palmer knows, even though he's here, nothing's guaranteed to him because he's already been in that environment. And so I'm looking at things that outside of it and seeing the, how the team structure, and it seems like it's going to be pretty good. Um, it, you know, those guys, and you see them, and, um, you know, for O'Shawn to kind of talk about some of the stuff he's talking about to let you know that, you know, he's trying to do the best he can um, for himself and then also for the team. And that's what I say. You operate individually, think collectively, and that's what it seems like they're doing. Now they got to go through the process. They got to go through some some junk to get to that first game, but it's going to be well worth it when you are in that locker room and you get that first victory, and then you can move on thinking about the next one. But you know, the first one's the most important. Trey Palmer said last night that uh, somebody asked, you know, was it entirely Mickey Joseph to, to get you to, to, to Lincoln? And he said that once he knew Mickey was leaving um, – that he was going wherever Mickey yeah. was going. And that then when it became to Nebraska, he said, well, what did, what did it take for Mickey to get you here? He said, get your butt to Nebraska. Like, that's how simple it was for him. They asked O'Shawn about his whole transfer process and everything that he went through, and he had this long answer and talking about throwing his phone across the room because he kept getting so many texts and calls and all this. And then, you know, they go to Trey, and they're like, so was it as easy as, as Mickey Joseph at Nebraska? You're going to Nebraska? Trey picks up the mic. He goes, yep. Like, yeah. like, there's power in that, and I, and 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 that's a big part of. If I said I was I was sipping a little more Kool Aid, it would be those types of relationships that would would right, would, yeah. would have me do it. Yeah, I mean, it was um, obviously I know who Mickey was or is before he even got here because uh, I know his brother. You know, mm-hmm. his brother was on a couple staffs. I know his brother just from the. Uh, helping out scouting in Houston so I know who his brother is so I kind of know what Mickey's made of based off of his brother and um, but then I obviously knew about Mickey before he got here but then that was the first time I you know got to talk to him last night kind of just it wasn't even that much it was like a minute or two Um, but you could tell like with him uh, he's a coach I definitely could play for um, in the sense of one I'm, I'm sure it's going to be extremely hard, which is fine. That's just football. I know this is going to be extremely competitive, which is fine. It's football and sports. But also, I think that you know where you stand, and, and it's, you know, as much as it can be black and white, and you know what you're going to get, and he's going to get the best out of you. And he's not going to lie to you and stuff like that. And that's what, you know, what you need is because it's not just the locker, just not the receiver room. So, like, here's what pe- people don't understand, and this is where I think it really elevates Mickey. And, and I'll say this. Like, he can't do it all himself. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He can do a lot. But he has – you know, he's got to get the receiver room. and He's got to re- – you know, he's recruiting. But if he goes to an offensive lineman or the group and say, you guys need to get it going, it's instant credibility based on what he's done in his receiver room and how he goes about his business. He can go to defense because he knows what it's like. He can talk to a DB about going up against Ohio State receivers and, and help 
Newsom or Hill or Omar Brown or Farmer or Buford or whoever's in it, you know, and um, and say, okay, this is what to look for. This is look when you're this type of receiver, this type of route. This is what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do. So he can kind of put his stamp and be infused in the whole team based on just who he is. Nothing's fake about him. He is what he is. Um, he knows what good football looks like. He played here, so he knows what it what it he, he knows. He came from Louisiana to here. You get what I'm saying? And played. So he knows what it's like to take that transition. So when he's talking to a Trey Palmer or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he had at some point in time had talked to O'Shawn Mathis, like in the process, he can actually give real life examples of what it's like. And it probably was a little bit more um, harder decision back then because obviously Lincoln wasn't built up and it probably definitely wasn't as diverse. Whereas now you can talk about some stuff that, O'Shawn necessarily wouldn't be exposed to, but these are things that you can kind of curtail and say it's not like what you know everybody's telling you it is. Um, and so that's a, you know a great thing to have a, a guy on the staff that can do that, and he's all about football. He's all about coaching, developing, and all that stuff. Just because he's hard on you doesn't mean he doesn't like you. Actually, then when he's hard on you, he actually probably likes you more. Um, and so I think that, and then plus he's kicking it to him straight. But again. I will say this, you know, he can't do it all on his own. Um, and he even said that when we were talking. And he shouldn't have to. You know, I mean, and that's also I want to say. He shouldn't have to do it all on his own. And not that saying that he is. But I'm saying, you know, he's 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 uh It he, didn't feel like last night that they were carrying burden burdens, extra luggage. No, no, no. It like was, that's the know. first time in three years being around the coaches for that no. duration of time no. that it felt like not only not only Scott Frost, but that Shenander and and it Mickey felt, Joseph. They felt refreshed. It, it they felt right? relaxed. Right? The confidence, the quiet confidence, um, superior confidence. That's what you should be, be wanting, man. It's uh. You know, like I say, when you walk, you know that you should feel like the ground shaking, like I'm coming. You know what I mean? And that just comes from, you know, for me, from what I've been through, you know, going through as a player, you know, there's, you always feel like there's nothing harder that I'm going to go through football-wise than being through Nebraska two-a-days. Now, I'm sure back when Alabama was there with uh, Bear Bryant and they were the Junction Boys, I'm sure, mm. right? But at the end of the day, I put our two-a-days up against anybody. So as you go through the process, you know, that's the assistant coaches are doing – such a good job recruiting, developing, and through the offseason. I think it also helped that they're able to, I think, don't quote me on this, I think they're able to kind of do more stuff now. I think the NCAA passed the rule where they could do a little bit more. So, you know, they're able to kind of really get in, involved with them. And then uh, you like the leadership of the team. You know, I, you know, obviously everybody's going to be talking about the quarterback day in and day out. I think that'll probably shake out pretty quickly, you know. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't see how it couldn't, but, you know, whatever. Um, then I think after that, as you go, is it'll be, uh, you know, steady Eddie, and it should be very, very competitive. I think uh, truly having competitive alpha players, they have more of those. That part. Alphas. When they got up on the podium last night. so Dogs, you know, like not the dudes that are telling you that they're that – yeah. these are dudes that live it. It was, it was different. So it's Trey Garrett O'Shawn on the podium. And what struck me, and, and, and again, people can call me on it if you, if you disagree, but Rico, didn't it look like 
a Big Ten contender. Yes. Right? Like, we – Just looking th- at That's not to begrudge anybody else, but looking at O'Shawn and, and Garrett together, Trey together, it looked like what it should look like. And it sounded like what it should sound like. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they, they were up there – you know, they look physically good. Um, I think they're ready to go. Um, look, it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's like, you're, you know, you're not you're – not, the Big Ten's not getting any easier, but I think they're they're mentally and ready to go. I mean, it's time for guys to step up. I mean, there is no time for waiting. There is no game or day off or week off, and I think they all know that. And um, from here on out, that's the way it is. Through this season, next season, from here on out, the expectations should never – dip to where they were before um and everybody should embrace it and that's just the way it is a lot of time it sucks but at the end of the day your expectations should be high you should be wanting to be instead of proving people wrong you should be wanting to prove them right like i told you nebraska's legit i told you that we're going to be good this year i'm showing you that we are versus oh we're proving you wrong because you think we're going to be three and nine again i mean who wants to be that who wants to be i mean not a charity case but who wants to be like that yeah nobody wants to be in that space there's so much to talk about today um, we'll toward the break. Rico will get us what's up. But it, there, there's so much in, in what happened last night, different conversations, different people in spaces, um, lots to talk about there. But up next, Rico will hit us with his music and tell us what's up on the ticket. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.